Thanks, brother. Hi, church. Hey, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, hey, uh, we are going to kick off this message today. I want to. I want to do a, a commissioning. We've got some some mission partners uh, who are who are hoping to make it back uh, to to Africa, and as uh, along with one of our staff who uh, got uh, tapped on the shoulder uh, to head to uh, Kenya. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and call the Gibbs up, Dan and Tina, and uh, Terry Steinmeier, if you want to come up. And uh, while they're coming up, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about what they're doing. The Gibbs, many of you know, they work with an organization called Getchen uh, in, in the Gimbu, Nigeria uh, region. Uh, it's an AIDS clinic, hospital, vocational training, Awana program. I think you're trying to produce energy for the surrounding community, electricity. I haven't even caught up to hear how that's going. But uh, they are longing to get back. And, of course, there's just all kinds of challenges today uh, of flying out of the country and getting to places like that. And so as a church, we want to pray that God will make a way, provide the way for them to get to where he has called them. And then also Terry Steinmeier. Uh, he's our operations director and uh, somebody that he's connected with, uh, called and, and reached out to him. Uh, recently and said, hey, would you come to a short-term mission trip with me uh, just outside of the Nairobi, Kenya area, where he's going to also be helping to get an AIDS clinic off the ground, uh, but also working with uh, kids who, who are growing up in the slums and, and need some love. Um, so we want to just pray for them as a church. Uh, he's still got some hoops he needs to jump through. Uh, he leaves, what, Wednesday uh, of this week, but he's got some things he's got to get lined up before he goes. The Gibbs know all about that. Um, and so, church, we want to pray that God's going to open those doors and then bless them as they're there to be fruitful in, in the ministry he's called them to. Amen? So can we do that, church? We believe that God honors it when his people pray. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you, can you just extend your hand uh, towards uh, these three? And I'm going to pray for them. Uh, <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for those who uh, are willing to say, here I am, Lord, uh, send me. And uh, God, we just want to pray uh, just a special blessing on, on these three uh, individuals who have answered your call, uh, have stepped into uh, your will. And God, we just trust, and we just trust supernaturally that you are going to make a way for them to get to where you have called them. And so open those doors, Lord. Uh, it might be in ways that they don't expect. It might not be necessarily in their timing, might come later uh, than they want. But we're going to trust, God, that you are going to open those doors and provide a way uh, for them to get back to where you want them uh, and for Terry to make it uh, safely to Kenya as well uh, to do the ministry you have called him to do there. And so, Lord, fill these three. Fill them, fill them, fill them, Lord, uh, just with your spirit. Give them peace. Give them comfort in that process of waiting. And, Lord, when they get back, which we trust they will, we just pray that you will empower them to do supernatural ministry that will touch the lives of many and make a difference for generations to come, God. Will you do that? We're going to ask you, Lord, to empower them by your spirit to bear fruit as they abide in you, Lord Jesus. That is the promise you have given us. So as a church, we lift them up to you and pray blessing, protection, favor, and empowerment on their lives. And all of God's people prayed this in Jesus' name and said, amen. amen. Love you guys. Thank you. Can we give them a round of applause? Applause. 
It's not easy to step into what those uh, three have stepped into. We're very proud of them as a church. Um, Hey, we are in a series that we kicked off last week called The Names of God. Last week we studied the name of Yahweh and we saw that Yahweh is actually God's proper name. And I think it's really sad that even our English modern day uh, translations do not translate it that way. They use, we we talked about this last week, the Lord, uh, anytime you see all uppercase letters, Lord in your Bible, uh, in the Old Testament, you need to know that it actually, in the Hebrew, says there, Yahweh, the, the, the actual proper name of, of our God. And as believers, we want to call on the actual name of God, and that is something we can do. Uh, we talked last week how the, the, the Jewish translators believed that name was so holy they couldn't speak it out loud. That's why they translated it differently. Uh, But we know we are safe in Jesus Christ, and I believe God wants us to come before him and use that holy name. It is a holy name, but we can come into his holy presence because we are righteous, counted righteous, through the work and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And there's power that I believe happens when we call on the name of the Lord, the actual name of the Lord. If you missed that message, you can go back and listen to that online. But this morning, we're going to be looking at a name that, that, that Abraham is going to give to God. And it's a pretty well-known name. Some of you probably grew up hearing this name. Maybe you even use this name. Um, the actual Hebrew name that we're going to be talking about this morning is Yahweh Yaira. Yahweh Yaira. Now, some of you traditionally, you grew up and you heard it, Jehovah Jireh. Again, we, we talked last week why it got translated to, to Jehovah when really the name behind that is Yahweh. Um, as it went through the Latin, the Latin didn't have a Y, so it ends up taking on a J sound, and so you get Jehovah Jireh. But actually in the Hebrew, the name is Yahweh Yireh. And I'm going to go ahead and show you what it means. Yahweh Yireh means Yahweh will provide. Yahweh will provide. Danielle and I got married when we were really young. Um, I had just turned 21. I, I hadn't even been 21 for a week uh, when we got married. She was, she was 22, so a little older. You know, she robbed the cradle, you know, a little bit. Got a cougar on my hand, but... Um, we ended up getting married pretty young. And what that means is, man, we got married and, and we, we were pretty poor, right? We were working like odd jobs just trying to make ends meet. When God's going to tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, I want you to move across the country. We were living in Minnesota at the time, but I want you to go to Dallas, Texas. I want you to go to school there. Um, I, I have something for you there. So we packed up our bags and we moved. And, and while we are in Dallas, um, we're going to... Uh, we're, we're gonna we're going to get pregnant, okay? Mostly Danielle is going to get pregnant. Um, and, 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 and then we're going to have twins. And so we're going to get like two for the price of one, right? It's not just one. We're going to end up having twins. And, um, 
And uh, man, what, what a journey uh, that was. Uh, when w- right after we have twins, God's going to tap us again on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm wanting you to move back to Minnesota. I have something for you in, in Minnesota. And I've just completed school and I'm, we're excited. Uh, what does God have for us? And, and I mean, clearly he's doing something because he's telling us both. We both had this conviction. He had something for us here in Minnesota. And then we get up to Minnesota and I mean, it was just nothing. It's just crickets. Right? It's like, just God, you called us up to Minnesota and nothing is happening. And I, th- I thought you had a ministry for me. I thought you had something for me to do. And I mean, nothing is happening. I'm, I'm applying at church after church, uh, and it's just not working out. And uh, here I am, right, now uh, working some odd jobs, working in churches, but, but, but now I'm really staying home most of the days with Logan and Michaela, who are like one, two years old. Man, uh, God bless you stay-at-home parents. That is a hard line of work right there. And there I am taking care of Logan and Michaela. Danielle comes home. There's crying. They're screaming. And that's just me, okay? I mean, the kids, they're having the time of their life running all over dad, but I am struggling. And there I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And I'm feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I am wondering, God, are you going to really provide for me you're going to provide for my family. And, and oftentimes when we talk about provision and God providing, like we, 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 our minds instantly go to like finances and, and money. And don't get me wrong, that's a big part of it. I've been so much more than that. Like God, are you going to provide for my life? Are you going to provide a purpose for my life? Are you going to take care of my emotional needs just as a man? Are you going to provide those deepest longings and those dreams that I believe you have put into my heart? Yahweh, are you going to provide? And I bet some of us are here this morning and we are wondering if Yahweh is going to provide for us. We're wondering if Yahweh is going to take care of our deepest longings and our purpose, along with the finances and the job situation and those kinds of things. We're sitting there wondering, God, are, do you care? Will you really be the God who provides for my life? We're all going to have moments in life where we wonder that. I would read Psalm 37, 4. I remember that. Take delight in Yahweh. It said, and he will give you the desire of your heart. But if I were to be honest, I did not see the desires of my heart being satisfied during that season of my life. And maybe that's where some of you are sitting today, wondering when will those desires be satisfied? God, can I really trust you? And maybe some of us are even tempted to not trust. Now, this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look at the story where this name comes from. It actually comes from the story where God calls Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, okay, in Genesis 22. And I want us to learn some lessons as we walk through this story. Primarily, I want to answer this question, why can we trust in Yahweh? Why can we trust that Yahweh will 
provides. So we're going to look at Genesis 22 to answer that question. In verse 1, we read this. That sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. So Abraham is a little seasoned at this point. He's, he's walked with Yahweh at this point. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. I think if we were honest, we, we would admit like we, we don't fully understand this story, okay? Like I don't fully understand why God would ask such a thing of Abraham, and I bet you don't fully understand either why God would ask such a thing of Abraham. But here, here's two things that I think it's important for us to, to think about. First, God knows Abraham's heart. And he knows that Abraham, he even said, this is the son that you love. He knows that Abraham doesn't want to do this. Okay? But maybe more important than that is the fact that Abraham knows Yahweh's heart. Okay? And, and, and so you got to understand that in this day and age, like at this, in the land of Canaan, it was actually common practice for people to sacrifice their children to the god El. Okay? He would ask people to sacrifice their children and the land of Canaan. This was a common practice. And we talked last week, we said, but Yahweh is different from the other gods. And Abraham seems to recognize that Yahweh is different. And it almost seems here, okay? Now, this is kind of your pastor studying this and looking into this. And maybe some of us have never thought about this. Kind of my opinion as I look at this text, could your pastor be wrong? No, okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna go with this. No, I'm kidding, I could be, but here's what I think is happening here. I think Yahweh isn't just testing Abraham to see if he's willing to go through with it. I think God is testing Abraham to see if Abraham really believes he is a good God. And will he really let him go through with this? He's saying, Abraham, do you think I'm like the God of Canaan? Do you think I'm like the other gods? Or do you know, Abraham, who I am? You say, is there any evidence for that? Is there any evidence that Abraham believes that God is not going to let him go through with this? Yes. We read on. It says, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulder while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? So this is Isaac. It's starting to dawn on him. He's looking around going, I, 
I, I, I see the, the wood. I, 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 I see the fire, right? Where is the sheep? But look at Abraham's response. Verse 8. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And they both walked on together. Abraham believed that God would provide. Some way, somehow, God would provide. Wouldn't let him go through with killing his son. And this is the first um, sort of lesson that we learn about God. Like if we're going to trust that Yahweh will provide, it starts with believing that he is, he is good. He is different than the other gods. Abraham believed that God was good. And part of the reason for that was God, he had walked with God. God had given him some incredible promises for his life. Namely, God had given him the promise that it was going to be through Isaac that Abraham was going to become the father of many nations. He was going to become the father of, of many people and that through Abraham and Isaac and his descendants, God was going to bless the world. And Abraham believed in the promise of God for his life. So much so that he didn't believe it was possible God would let Isaac die. Friends, do you realize that God has given you incredible promises for your life? He's given you more promises than he ever gave to Abraham. It's people who live in the new covenant. We read this in 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, uh, for no matter how many promises God has made, and he's made a lot, they are what? Yes. They are yes in Jesus Christ. Do you realize that, that all of God's promises are yes, they are yours if you are in Christ Jesus? So uh, before Danielle and I got married, um, I, I, I proposed to her, right? And I had to come up with kind of like, you know, some way of proposing to Danielle. And uh, uh, man, I should have done some more research, okay? I, I should have tried to come up with some more romantic ways to propose. But the best I could do at the time, like the Lord of the Rings movie had come out. I was trying to play on that idea of the ring, you know? I'll let you figure out if that worked or not, but I took her to see the movie, and then afterwards, so it's dark, it's nighttime, I took her into these woods. <laughs> Not the safest part of town either, all right? And I take her into these woods, and I tell her something cheesy, like I'll protect you from the orcs or something like that. And then I knew there was this bridge back there. I mean, we can barely see. We are like our eyes have to adjust. We're stumbling and fumbling our way to this bridge. We get on the bridge. And then there I, I take a knee and I pull out the ring right. And I was like, I said something really cheesy. Like, you know, I'll be your little Frodo. <laughs> You'll be my Sam or something. <laughs> it was bad. Like, I don't know exactly. The miracle, the miracle is she said yes. She said yes. And so then we found ourselves standing at an altar where we exchanged rings and we said yes. 
in an official capacity, like we said, I do to one another. And, 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 and friends, we established a covenant with one another. And what I was saying in that moment is everything that is mine now becomes yours. And everything that is yours now becomes mine. And do you realize that if you were in Christ Jesus, that is what God has done with you? He said, everything that's mine becomes yours. All of my promises are yours in Christ Jesus. Man, sometimes we wonder, like even those Old Testament promises, yeah, I believe even those Old Testament promises are they're ours. The Bible teaches that in Christ, friends, we actually become, we, we, we become descendants of Abraham. Uh, Romans 4.16, listen to this. It says, therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and, and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Okay, his offspring, to Abraham's offspring. Who's Abraham's offspring? Not only to those who are of the law, the Jews, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. So friends, if you have faith in Christ, you realize you become a child of Abraham and all of his promises become yours. This is a good God who gives you good promises, but are you claiming those promises? Because I find a lot of Christians don't claim it. They wonder, could that be really true for my life? Do I really want to believe that? Is that really going to happen? I don't want to get my hopes up. But God doesn't honor that, friends. He honors the faith of Abraham who said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count on the promise God has given me. He will provide a lamb. That was the kind of faith Abraham had. And we're told later it was counted to him as righteousness because he trusted in Yahweh. We can trust that Yahweh will provide because he is good. He is good. We read on in verse 9, it says, When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and he arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up, and he saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. If you've ever heard that expression, I need a, I need a ram in the thicket. I, I, I need a miracle. I need something to be provided for me. A ram. This is where it comes from. Abraham looks up and there's this ram in the thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. I want you to think about this for a second, friends. Abraham and Isaac are climbing this mountain and somewhere on that mountain, there is also a ram. And God orchestrates it so that that ram, at just the right moment, at just the right time, gets caught in this thicket, right where Abraham's going to build this altar. 
And the ram doesn't come a day earlier because if it comes a day earlier, it probably dies and it can't be a sacrifice. And the ram doesn't come a day later because if it comes a day later, they're going to miss it. It comes right when they need it. God orchestrates this ram right when they need it. Which tells us a little something about the providence of God and something about the sovereignty of Yahweh. The second reason we can trust Yahweh to provide is because he is in control. <laughs> he's not only good, he is in control. He's in so much control that he can orchestrate a ram, an animal, to end up exactly where that animal needs to be, right on time. Wow. Wow. Proverbs 16.33 says this, says, We may throw the dice, but Yahweh determines how they fall. Friends, that means when you're playing Monopoly and you roll that dice, it's God who determines whether you're falling on boardwalk, park place, or something else. God can intervene and orchestrate whatever he wants to in our Lives, And that is really, really, really good news. Our problem is what? We generally don't like the timing of Yahweh. We don't like when Yahweh decides to show up and provide. How many of us find that Yahweh is usually a little later than we would like? Which is why patience is such a virtue of the Christian life. And I've been very honest with you. I struggle with patience. I struggle being a patient person. I am the guy who yells at the microwave to hurry up. I'm the guy at the gas pump. When it asks you all those annoying questions, I just want to pump my gas. I don't want to sign up for your rewards program. I don't want a car wash. I don't need a receipt. I just want to pump my gas and go, especially when it's cold. I'm the guy yelling at God, God, hurry up and give me patience. I struggle with patience, and I bet to some degree you do as well. But here's the thing. God is never early. God is never late. God is always right on time. And we have to learn to trust, submit to the timing of Yahweh for his provision in our lives. And when we don't do that, we get ourselves into some real trouble. You know, Abraham had learned this the hard way. We often learn uh, lessons like this uh, through failures and mistakes. Uh, Abraham was no exception. Uh, God had told Abraham when he was 75 years old, God told Abraham, you are going to have a son. I'm going to give you this promised child that's going to lead to you becoming the father of many nations. Abraham was 75. Uh, do you know how much longer it was until that promise was actually fulfilled? It took another 25 years. So what that means, Abraham was 100 years old. I struggled having kids in my 30s. You imagine being a hundred, a hundred years old, the entire household needs their diaper changed. I mean, a hundred years old, that's 
That's why Paul says he regarded himself as dead. A hundred years old. It took 25 years. That's a long time. And Abraham wasn't patient. Sarah wasn't patient for the promised child. So they took Hagar, the maidservant, and Abraham lay with her. And she bore a son named Ishmael. But that wasn't the one that God promised. That was Abraham taking, doing things in their own strength, making their own way. And do you realize that we have two religions in the world still warring today that go back to these two brothers that were born? The Islamic nations and the Jewish nation. Islamic nation comes from Ishmael. Of course, the Jewish nation comes through Isaac, warring today. Why? Because Abraham and Sarah, they didn't wait. They, they didn't trust in the timing of Yahweh. It, it took longer than they thought. But now Abraham's a little more seasoned, and he's learned. He's learned, I'm just going to trust in Yahweh. I'm sure as he's walking up that mountain, he's wondering, where is that lamb? I'm sure as he's tying and binding Isaac and building the altar, he's wondering, where is this lamb? But he has learned to trust. He's learned to trust in, in Yahweh. In fact, I put it in my, in my notes. Uh, we read this in Hebrews eleven seventeen. It says, by faith, Abraham uh, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Uh, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, uh, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So he had that promise. And then Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead if needs be. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. I mean, Abraham was prepared to go through with it, to the point where he said, if I do, God's going to bring him back to life because this is the promise Yahweh has given me. And he had learned to trust in the timing of Yahweh. So I move up to Minnesota, and I am uh, wondering, what is God doing? It doesn't make sense. Nothing's happening. Eventually, I start interviewing for this church. It's like two years now being up here. And uh, when you do, like, church interviews, man, they're pretty extensive because you don't just, like, sit before one person or two people. You usually end up, if it goes well, you end up sitting in front of the board of directors, the elders, a group, large group of people. So I go through, man, this extensive interview process considering me for this, this pastoral position only to find out that um, someone else that uh, this church was aware of had kind of grown up in the church. They end up giving the position to this person. And so they call me and let me know, I mean, um, we're, going, we're going a different route. And guys, I just remember being crushed, just crushed that God would allow that to happen. Uh, if I were to be honest, my, my faith was tested, and I was wondering, like, you know, where, where are you, Lord? Uh, are you really in control, and are you really good? Because it doesn't seem like it right now. Fast forward a year later, church reaches out to me, says, we want you to go through the interview process here. Okay, that church was Edinburgh Church. Spoiler alert, I mean, here I am. <laughs> that was over eight years ago now, if you can believe it. 
And about six months after I started here at Edinburgh, I go to this conference, this Converge conference, so our, our church network, and uh, they had this booklet. And in this booklet, it showed all the churches that had started and all the churches um, that had, uh, like, had to close their doors. And I'm reading through that list. And on that, that, that list of churches that closed their doors, I see that church that I'd applied for a year earlier. That church, for a variety of reasons that I don't know, I don't know the circumstances, had to end up closing their doors. And I just remember sitting there going, wow, Yahweh, I am so glad I, I, <laughs> I waited on your timing. And I waited on the way you wanted to do things in my life, rather than trying to make things happen on my own or walk a different path away from you. Now, I will say this, as I was in that time of waiting, and I think this is important because some of you are in a period of, of real waiting right now. Something that I learned that God did want from me, he wanted me to be faithful in that season. He, he wanted me to be obedient. He wanted me to listen for his voice and to be faithful to what he was asking me to do. And it, it was some weird stuff, man. It, it was some weird stuff. Like I would be walking down the street and there would be some trash on the ground, like some nasty trash that nobody would want to touch. And I would hear that still small voice creep up and say, I want you to pick up that trash and I want you to throw it away. I mean, but, but God, it's nasty. I don't, there's people watching. What are they going to think if I, I want you to pick up that trash, pick it up, and I want you to throw it away? And I don't know about you, but I just knew this was something Yahweh was doing in my life to test me to see, am I going to be faithful? Am I going to listen to his voice? Am I going to follow him? Because how can he entrust me with big things if he can't even trust me with the little things like picking up a piece of trash? And throwing it away. And I would venture to guess, as some of you are in the waiting, you're going to hear God asking you, testing you, to see, are you going to listen to my voice and are you going to follow me? Or are you going to tune me out and continue trying to do life on your own the way you want to do it? Friends, I'm telling you what it comes down to. It comes down to one thing. Are we willing to surrender our lives to Yahweh? I mean surrender. We willing to surrender, surrender our plans, our dreams. We willing to surrender our finances. Are you willing to surrender your dignity to Yahweh? I wonder. Is there anything in this room today that some of us need to surrender? I find a lot of people, you know, growing up in church, man, they're good people, but it's like they're still trying to do life the way the world says to do life. They're still trying to live or please somebody else in their life or out of fear of man, live their life. And God's saying, will you fear me and do what I am asking you to do? And I'm telling you, you fear God, you won't have to fear man. Because you will know Yahweh will provide for you. He will take care of you. Anything that needs to be surrendered in our lives today? 
There's one last verse, and this is actually where uh, the, the Yahweh, Yaira, comes from. Um, verse 14, it says, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yaira, which means Yahweh will provide. Yahweh will provide. But here's what I want you to, 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 to understand. That Hebrew word there, Yaira, it doesn't literally mean provide. In fact, this is the only time in the Bible that it's translated provide. It literally means see. What Abraham is really saying here is Yahweh sees. The third reason we we can trust that the Lord will provide, it's not just because he's good and he's given us good promises. It's not just because he's in control and he can orchestrate anything he wants in our life in his timing and in his way. It's also because the Lord sees, which means he sees you. He sees your every need. He sees your every hurt. He sees that sin that you are struggling with and haven't had the courage to tell anybody about. He sees the deepest longings happening in your soul. And the reason we can say Yahweh Yaira, the Lord will provide, is because we know he's good and he wants to do something about it. He wants to provide for you. And so I wonder today, if we're going to experience that provision in our own lives, but I'm telling you, it comes down to to one thing. (laughs) Are we willing to surrender our lives to Yahweh? Are you willing to give him your life, let him be in control? (laughs) Are you willing to let him work when he wants to work and wait faithfully as you're in the waiting Because it is those who believe with a faith like Abraham who will be able to say, Yahweh, Yaira. So what I want to pray for us as a church, what I want to pray for you, what this really takes, you know what it takes? It takes faith. (laughs) It takes trust. Friends, I don't know if we can muster this kind of faith. I don't know if we can muster this kind of trust in our own strength. It comes supernaturally. It is something that God has to provide for your life. And so what I want us to do is I just want to pray, and I want to pray that God will breathe fresh faith into us so that we can be a people who trust, who trust in the good, sovereign Yahweh who sees and wants to provide. So will you bow your heads with me? Yahweh, we just take a moment to thank you for who you are. Some of us who have been walking with you, we know, we know that you are good. We have seen your goodness. You deserve a lot more thanks than we often give. Oh, but Lord, you have been so, so good. The God who provides. Others of us, Lord, we are 
we're waiting and, and we're waiting to see <laughs> what you will provide and when you will provide. And all of us probably have dreams and visions today. We need faith. So God, will you breathe that faith into us as your people, as your church today? Just, and just let your spirit fill us. Speak your voice to us so that we may hear where you're calling, where you're leading, where you're directing, what it is you want us to do. And God, may we say, yes, I am yours. Lord, ultimately we know that just as Isaac was able to get off of that altar, he was set free and he went on to live a good life where he saw your provision. Jesus, you became that ram who took our place on the cross so we could experience complete forgiveness so that our slate could be washed clean so that we could walk in a righteousness that's not our own and we could come into your presence and say, Yahweh, my Father who loves me and will provide for me so I can rest and not worry, so I can wait on the Lord well today. Lord, help us to be a church that waits well by the faith that you breathe into our lungs, into our bodies, into our minds and into our hearts. We want more of you and we will go from here today trusting in your provision, in your timing, and in the way you so choose for our lives. And all God's people said, amen.